remember that pastor that uh, used to curse in Crip Walk? Yeah, he's still around. Oh, he's still around. Look him up, see what's going on. He's now. still around. Of course, that dude is probably extra angry. He probably oh. got promoted to bishop. He must like, have been my cousin. And Jesus then. told that motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like my wine, motherfucker, you kiss my ass. <laughs> this is another episode of Decoding 40. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is L.O., live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up, it's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up, this is Hour, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> Hello, Google. I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just trying to play me out. Oh, sure. I'm being a packer. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, and I am here with my main man. Yo, this is L.O.Dot, a.k.a. Tariq St. Patrick to your ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I gotta follow this fucking guy every week. I gotta follow this guy. He's so clever. Yeah, what's I up? I want to know how cool? often he writes him. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, you, I'm saying I, I think it's off the top of his head. He's the Jay Z no, of fucking intros. I think it's not off the top. I sort of <laughs> go ahead. Introduce yourself. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it's your boy Vin in the building. Hope everybody's uh, cover free and having a good time this week. What's up? This is Alaric. Yo, I, I really think L.O. writes his intros like 12 weeks out. He writes mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happens. An event will happen uh, during the course of the week. Generally, I'm wanting to kick somebody's ass with something. I say, you know what? Let me channel this energy into something more positive. And that's what happens. I say, who do I feel like or what do I feel like? And then I use mm. it for the show. And yesterday I felt like Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you you generally want to kick somebody's ass on a regular basis. Is that what it is? It's the Brooklyn DNA. What can I say? I you think generally it's just your... feel like Tariq. <laughs> I don't think it's the Brooklyn DNA. I think you're just an angry man. That's you my secret. You could have been from fucking Antarctica. You'd have been the angriest <laughs> motherfucking Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> fucking penguins always getting in my way. God damn it. <laughs> I'm taking them out. Let's go get Tommy. Oh, so what's going on in your lives, fellas? Oh, let's see. Today is the first day of homeschooling uh, mm. remotely Jesus with Christ. two toddlers. Jesus mm. Christ. Yes. So um, I don't have much patience left. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I don't recommend any of you fuck with me tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're Tariq this week then. Yeah. 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 There, there, there might be a throat punch in your future <laughs> if you fuck around with me today. No, no. So. Here's the scenario, right? My wife is still working from home and she works for uh, Institution of Higher Learning. So they are in session as well. So there's no help on that front. My niece was helping us out a couple of weeks ago and I, you know, pay her like $15 an hour or whatever, come over and help watch the kids. She's back in classes now, so she can't really help out. So that leaves me to manage remote learning of a two-year-old 
and an almost four-year-old mm. on two MacBooks, one of them, which is not working very well. And we have to keep them on mute while they're in session, but they can't be sitting next to each other because that's going to be complete pandemonium. <laughs> so you got to put one on one side of the room. You got to put the other one on the other side of the room. And basically, you know, I just got to run back and forth and see who needs to be unmuted to answer the teacher's question. So I can't even monitor what's happening. So I just got to make my choices. Like, which kid do I think is going to be smarter than the other one? And I'll just support that. <laughs> So right now they're in this, they're, they're in a probationary period. We're going to see who's the smartest, who, who has the most potential to make daddy some real money, some real money. And, uh, you know, get the attention. I'm rooting for have, you, son. Hold up. Fight. Got, hold up. We've got to have a conversation. It's a real conversation. Um, you're going to be a street sweeper because... <laughs> Quite frankly, you just don't have the intelligence to do anything else. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're, bo- they're both very smart. Of course, they are. Somebody's somebody's gonna you know tap into the it's right. A com- it's a competition. They it don't is. even know. They don't even know it's a competition right now. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> that's what's up, man. What's going on with you, Vin? Things are good, man. Um, today, uh, you know, and guy, I don't want you guys to give me any shit, but we went and you, to you, just set, you just set yourself up. <laughs> But I already man. know what you're going to say, and I, I could come. not wait for you to announce this, and I'm giving you shit. Please go. Okay. So today, uh, we went and got a puppy. Mm. What? Oh. Yeah. Why? Wow. Why? Uh, you, you, hate, know, you obviously hate dogs. You hate I dogs. Don't, I don't hate dogs. I didn't you, like the, you, you, the <laughs> dog I had before. You are And a, the, and the one you had before that. No, the one I had before that, I had to because I was in an apartment. I wasn't supposed to have an animal. All right. So that dog had to go. All right. The next dog I got from a rescue. All right. And a rescue, a rescue dog situation is like the equivalent of a foster home. Right. Because you get foster kids that are bad and crazy where you get dogs that are bad and crazy. And my dog was a bit of a dick. So, you know, he had to go. I'm sorry. And I know that uh, there's probably dog people going here. It's like, I can't believe he did that. I'm sorry. So we got a brand new dog that ain't got no issues, no problems. The motherfucker is not crazy. And we get a chance to mold it. And it's a beautiful little puppy. You just don't That's know because the dog just got there. Right. The dog just, I understand that. And, 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 but, but I have done the research and I've been reading about this breed and learning how to, I'm going to learn how to fucking treat this animal and, and, and get it uh, toilet trained. And all that stuff. Today toilet went outside. Train. Well, toilet not train. toilet train. You know. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Maybe I, listen, I thought there's some technology involved. I didn't, I didn't that, that, what kind of research are you doing over there, my friend? Hold up. The is, dog will not Instagram be using the toilet. Fire. Listen, mm-hmm. the dog will not be using the toilet. I'm saying okay. toilet train as an outside potty train or whatever. So today it started well. You know, we put the dog out. And I, and I learned from reading these articles. And I'd sign up for an, uh, a website that specifically deals with this breed. And I'm going to fucking learn about, you know, properly taking care of an animal. And the dog doesn't have an issue. Let's remember when he gives this one away. I'm not giving this one away. All right. We'll see. Okay. Can we start a pool? A you, don't, you don't have a good track record. They obviously didn't check your credentials. No, yeah, they let, didn't. 
Let's definitely start a pool on this one. I'm giving I, it I, I, I put three months on. before he regrets having uh, got this dog. Three no, months. It'll make it'll make it it'll make it through Valentine's Day. Listen, Listen the dog sure. is going to eat one of his Tims and it's out. <laughs> <laughs> the dog will not eat a Timberland, okay? And 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 I and and I keep all my Timberlands in a safe, nigga. So they're not going to get to this. He's going to come. The dog is going to eat his mob deep hat. Oh and it's shit! If he he's eats my mob deep CDs, he's gonna have a problem. Okay, I'm a mob deep fan. Work, exhausted, doing from overtime. He gonna put a sandwich on the chair. The dog's gonna hop up and eat the sandwich, and that's it. It's wrap, nah, man. It's wrap yeah. sitting I, right there. I don't see this uh, ending well at all. I know, I know. And 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 I listen. I knew it. And and um, who talked you into it? The wife wanted the dog. The wife wants the dog. And I, you know what? I was apprehensive or whatever. And we started doing research on different types of breeds. And the original breed that we wanted, you, you cannot sorry. get that breed anywhere in like the Northeast. It's very difficult to get this breed of dog. You'd have, I, we had to go like to Rhode Island and get it. So I was like, fuck that. I'm I, not going to Rhode Island. I bet she promised she'll help you walk it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's they, going they, to walk they it. Always but the thing that. is, but the thing is, with, with, with I see you at four a.m., brother. With, no, the thing is, <laughs> with a puppy, with a, no, I don't mind walking the dog in the morning before I go to work. That's not an yeah. issue. But with a puppy, she's gonna have to get up and she's gonna have to feed. The dog needs to be fed three times a day. Like it has I, to be. Walking I feel like you're trying to convince yourself, not us, right now. That's what it sounds like. I agree. I'm already okay with it. Okay, okay. so <laughs> fuck all you. All right, uh, fuck all right, all right. All right? Well, uh, you'll be back. It's fine. Whatever. Put a pin in it. Put it. Put a pin in it. Uh, twenty dollars. Twenty dollars from each man. The dog's name is Onyx. It's a female. Mini why? Shot. Why should we bother to learn it? Yeah, like really? Why? We don't want to know the dog's name. Yeah. <laughs> By the time COVID's over, right. I, I don't even think that dog's gonna be there. Oh like, my god! He's gonna go to the farm. Oh, you got a oh, pandemic puppy? Is that what's happening right now? Oh shit! He's you, in should, a you should call the dog Midnight Train because it's leaving. <laughs> All right, you'll see. What's going on with you, El? So we are in the season finale of this ghetto apartment. <laughs> we have the tiles up, even though. Some of the tiles are not straight, and it's driving me crazy. Oh, oh this oh, bonus episode, yeah. Um, Outtakes. Yo, but, you got the you got some cross-sided motherfuckers working yeah. in the apartment. Son. <laughs> no. the I, I should, okay. I should do an eye that? test on all these contractors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the tiles up. The uh, all the uh, shower fixtures are in, except for the valve, because I need a new piece. So I got to go to Home Depot in the morning to go pick that up. But the sink is in, the toilet's in, the, the new floor is in. It, it's all looking pretty good. We got to do um, a new touch-up uh, touch on the paint and then replace the door and then the bathroom redone. But I'm, I'm just more excited about being able to use that shower again. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, although uh, in the next season of This Ghetto House, we will be probably redoing the kitchen. So there's that. Oh, oh boy. Jesus exactly. Christ. Yeah. I, I recommend. Hook, they, hold up, they're gonna hook the for new line up. <laughs> they're gonna hook the gas line up to the fucking refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's what you're supposed to do, sir. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, in oh other news, God. um, in order to calm my nerves, I've actually been watching a lot of television. Mm. Um, so much so, I was like, I got to read some books next week. I feel dumb. Yeah, I, I do feel a little dumbed down. I've watched a lot of uh, Lovecraft. Uh, country mm-hmm. amazing which is uh i've i've really been enjoying that um it is it's really different it's it's sort of like um the watchman in terms of being able to tell 
actual history and but putting it in an entertaining um, format. So now I've got to kind of go back and read some of the things that they uh, are referencing in the and actually I, I need to read the book, which I want to do as well. And my new obsession is Star Trek Discovery. So I broke down and uh, signed up for CBS All Access and was like, all right, let me just do this. Yo, I love this show. If if Star Trek had I never the, knew you were Trekkie. Yeah, I am. So, but if it had the uh, special effects and graphics as this show, oh my God. He's oh a Trekkie. God. I really want them to redo it, but I, I like the J.J. Abrams movie. So, um, yeah, that's I, I, I'm going to keep it pretty light for my check-in this week. But yeah, I uh, am trying to kill. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to keep it light. I am going to go after. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. I'm going to go after this uh, contractor who uh, did my tiling, though. He was supposed to come back over the weekend to fix the tiles, but he wanted to charge me an additional $200 to do it. So he's supposed to come Saturday. Then I'm like, all right, you don't come Saturday, come Sunday. He's like, well, maybe I'll come Monday. I'm like, you can't come Monday because they're going to be installing the vanity, the toilet and all this other stuff. He's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll basically I'll get there when I get there. So. My my blood pressure and anger is just steadily rising, just like as I'm talking to him on the phone. So I'm like, all right, cool, 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 cool. Get off the phone. I immediately get on the attorney general's uh, uh, website to report this wow. dude for consumer fraud. And um, wow, it was there's actually no, contracted for no, levels. There's no. Oh, levels no, no. There is either work it's with zero. Them, or, or or get the work. Or flamethrower. There's no <laughs> there is work no with me or get this work. <laughs> Either work with me or you're about to get this work. Hold up, hold on. What 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 flame? Why don't you just is, say, you know, brother, I'd appreciate if you could come in. Like I, you know. Here's the thing. I know we joke about my anger all the time, but I it takes me a while to get there. And when I get there, I'm on red. Like you, mm. you there's there's no calming you. me down until yeah. I get the resolution that I think I deserve. I, I understand. Yeah. So and 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 in that, that's why I get so angry because I treat people so fairly. It affects my mentality that you're not treating me fairly. Mm-hmm. So it's like boom. All right, you you're gonna you're gonna act like this. I got you. It's like <laughs> that's, that old, that's that old Brooklyn shit. I got you, son. It's you. like, Word, motherfucker, don't you. you understand how nice I'm being yes. right now to yes. try to fix this problem? Right. You don't understand, do you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm already uh, with the attorney general's office and uh, we about to be with the shits. Oh, Jesus. So wow. it's okay. going to be people's caught up in here, too. It's going to be news oh, for uh, what's what, what's one of those in, uh, special investigative reporter? Help me, Howard. Help me, Howard, and shit. And Elf's going to have his face covered. The tile was ridiculous. I'm covering my face because I don't want anybody coming back to my apartment. I don't care. I'll be like Tony Montana up here. Come. Nah, he's going to be like, first off, fuck your girl in the clip you claim. (laughs) Right. No, no, he's not going to chop it up. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, more uh, to come on that. Mac, what's up with you? Funny thing is that I am my I'm living in the parallel uh, Leon universe, LO universe. So uh, one is that I have been I've been doing some therapy, doing a lot of so, therapy. It's been wonderful. Right. Yes. I feel I feel amazing. I'm like I'm walking on seven clouds, and they all going in the right direction. That's and um, and and just to his point, it's like I feel the same way. I treat people very fairly, and then I explode. 
but I explode because I feel like I've calmly said it. So what, one of the things I figured out is, you know, working with my therapist and I have a life coach and I have a new mentor. I've been working hard. I've been trying to put some support system in place. But anyways, through all of these conversations, one of the things that I have learned recently is that one of my triggers is me having conversations when I perceive the person that I'm talking to is being intellectually dishonest. That's a major trigger for me. Mm -hmm. And I haven't necessarily articulated that. And it's been amazing to really be present to that because I've avoided so many different arguments and it's just been, it's been really, that's, that's been amazing. And, and what I also realized in, in all of these conversations is that I need to stop, consider the other person and actively communicate my displeasure in a way devoid of emotion. Because when I do that and I'm like, listen, I understand that. Here's where I am, where I am. Here's where, you, here's where I perceive you to be. Is that correct? Just check in with somebody, right? Hey, is that correct? No? Okay. Well, here's why, what I thought it was. Oh, it's not that? Well, here's where I'm at. This makes me uncomfortable. And my life has been so much better just because I have not had to have what these, was, these conversations. What was the word you used? Intellectually what? Dishonest. Intellectually dishonest. dishonest. So in other dishonest. words. It, it, Is that it, another word for a stupid motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 and then the other thing I realized is I don't want to have a discussion with somebody if we can't agree on the facts. Mm. Right. And it's mm. not because we can disagree on our perspectives. Right. Right. Left. Whatever it is. But here's what I got to is if I see an apple and you see an orange, we have to stop and agree that it's either an apple or an orange, because if we continue this conversation, we're not having the same conversation. We're having a different conversation. And all of these things has been very enlightening to me, and they have really taken a lot of weight off of off of me, my conversations, and my general life. I hope I can keep this space, but it's been very <laughs> it's because yeah. I haven't smacked anybody in like two weeks. It's been great. So that's but, great. But, I, you know what? I, I think you should really talk to your therapist about your top five rapper list. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be healed because <laughs> clearly we're talking apples and oranges right now <laughs> maybe if you get oh get, uh, take you through something you know just to help you but out. I, I think you guys would be surprised at my top five but good but you know what i was going to say um mac is that um therapy is is such an eye-opening thing especially for us in this space and time in america you know what I mean? It's so necessary um, because I find when I talk to my therapist, it's about anything that's on my mind. And you'd be surprised how much of the bullshit out there, whether it's Trump, whether it's what's going on in the streets, whatever it is, is is affecting you on a daily basis. And and when you speak about it, it just kind of like you want to say, damn, I didn't realize how much of this bullshit is really affecting me and on my mind. So. Is just keep up with it, man. If you if you're consistent with the, your therapist, you you start to move mountains in your mind, man. For real, it it's been like I have been watching magic happen in my life, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, just because we magic don't mean we ain't real. So you know, mm -hmm. shout out to my man. But but I that's just really how I've been feeling. It's like I'm watching it work. So um, so shout out to shout out to everybody who's in mental health. Shout out to everybody who has mental health issues. Um, I, please, if you think if you feel like you're having some challenges, seek the help. Don't just don't just sit there and try to deal with it with yourself. I want to encourage everybody to go find a support system. Nobody's out here alone. You just got to go find the right person for you. I think that's important. So. Absolutely. 
That's cool. Well, that's I, awesome, I, my friend. Well, I, I encourage people, even if you don't feel like you're underwater, if you don't mm-hmm. feel like you're drowning, go anyway. Mm-hmm. It'll make you feel better. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. That's a space where you can talk about all the stuff that you can't talk about with anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's liberating. Yeah. That's, that's it. Awesome. Come follow us over at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Decoding40. Be social. Peace. So we are honored and we are privileged to have with us tonight a very special guest, actor, film director, with his latest documentary airing on HBO, Yusef Hawkins, Storm Over Brooklyn. Ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to bring to you Mr. Muta Ali. Mr. Ali, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great, great well, to be here with you. Thank you for joining brother. us, man. Thank you for joining us. So, how did this project get started? How did it come right. to fruition? How did you get involved? It got started in 2015, and um, Yusuf has a, a well, you know, he has a childhood friend named uh, Charles Darby, and Charles Darby he um, reached out online because he was trying to make a documentary. He said, like, you know what? I want to honor my friend. I want to make a film, but I don't really know how. He went online, reached out to a couple people. The people he reached out to knew me. And they called me because I had done a documentary on my, my grandparents called Life's Essentials with Ruby D. So Ruby D and Ossie Davis were actors and activists. And um, I wanted to do a piece on them. And I did sort of intergenerational piece uh, with my grandmother before she passed away. And so Victorious De Costa, he's a filmmaker. He saw that and he was like, man, I really like how you put that together. Would you be interested in helping me and Charles do this uh, documentary on Yusuf Hawkins? And, you know, I was I was a, a kid at that time in the Rochelle when Yusuf was murdered. So I had to double back and do some more research to, to tell him, you know, whether or not I'd do it because there was no budget at the time. But, you know, once I started doing that, um, I, you know, I said, you know, we got to tell this story. And uh, that was in 2016. But it was a lot of steps in between 2016 mm. and when it aired, when it aired in August, a whole lot of mm. steps. And ultimately, it was four of us. It was me, my producing partner, Javon Frank, who's from Brooklyn, Victoria DeCosta from Brooklyn and Charles Darby from Brooklyn. And with with our energy, we went and we partnered with uh, Lightbox Studios and the American Black Film Festival. And with all that energy combined, we went to HBO and then and then got things going, you know. Were your producing partners, are they a little older than you? Or are you guys around the same age? They're a little older. I think they're in their mid, mid-40s. 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 So, like, being a 10-year-old, like, what mm-hmm. did you rem- what did you remember or what do you recall about that period? Shoot, 10 years old in 89. I remember, I remember being in school. I remember, I remember thinking that we were all told that New York was a a melting pot. I don't know if they told y'all that. Mm-hmm. Of course. I, I remember that. I remember, you know, shoot, I remember Chuck D and I remember, you know, do the right <laughs> thing. I remember all those things from, from 89. But as a kid, I was more into like Nintendo and, and right. uh, I wanted to be an inventor and stuff like that. And out in the Rochelle, I was a distance from, from Brooklyn. But at that same time, my family was a little bit into the movement. So I understood 
you know, certain things was going on. But when Victoria told me, you know, Yusuf Hawkins, I got confused. I was like, you mean Yusuf Salam from, you know, the Exonerated Five? And he was mm. like, nah, it happened, it happened the same summer, but nah. Mm. You know, so like what I had to do though was go do enough research to absorb what happened well enough to tell the story to an audience who was there and have, uh, and it be kind of honor, honor what they experienced, but also have the story be uh, sort of a tool for people who don't even know where Brooklyn is in relation to Manhattan. You know, people might know Times Square, but they don't know Brooklyn. So the story had to also welcome people who didn't mm -hmm. have that intimate perspective of New York or had no idea stuff like this happened. So I think having that somewhat outside of perspective was advantageous because, you know, my immediate circle, everybody was from Brooklyn and were around Yusuf's age at the time when he was got killed. Yeah. Uh, so they had that angle. And so, but I could also approach it from the angle of someone who was new to it, which I think was an asset. Mm. So one of the things that I, I really like what you guys do, just from a visual standpoint, the aerial shots that you did of, over Brooklyn mm -hmm. um, gave that effect of a storm moving through Brooklyn, which right. um, just was dope in terms of drawing the viewer into the story. Um, but I would love for you to talk about because we sort of touched on this um, when we talked about the documentary a couple of weeks ago, the emotional uh, impact and the trauma that the friends and family seem to still be carrying um, for all these years. And if you could just give some insight into how it was meeting them and talking with them and what uh, you got from um just be sharing the same space and that energy with them. They, yeah, they, I do feel like they are I, I understandably still, still healing, you know, after all these years. And I thought that that was something important for us to know as, mm. as a community that, you know, even decades later, the families of these people whose names we know or need to know are still, you know, still in pain. And, but I wanted to, I wanted the piece to not, reinforce the victimhood narrative necessarily. Mm -hmm. I wanted the audience to know that sort of, you know, my head is bloody but unbowed, like these people are not destroyed, not defeated, you know, they, so as much as you can pick up on it, I think, you know, but near the end of the film, um, like Luther, for example, he's processed sort of that thought that, oh, so for those who don't know, Luther Sylvester was one of Yusuf's closest friends and who was mm -hmm. right with Yusuf when he was surrounded by this, mob of young Italian men and, and shot to death. And Luther felt for years that it should have been me. And he mm. didn't understand why it wasn't him. And so at the end of the film, I thought it was helpful to show that he has, I think gotten past that thought and, and, mm -hmm. and is thinking more that, you know, my friend Yusuf wouldn't want me to have my, the light of my life dimmed because I think it should have been me. He would want me to live my life fully. And right. so I was trying to reinforce things like that, but there's a lot of pain. And I remember going to Miss Hawkins' house for the first time, and I, you know, I approached it with sensitivity and a sort mm -hmm. of, of uh, kind of reverence for, you know, for her because, as you saw, she went through a lot. You know, she went through a lot, and is still going through a lot. And and to have to march the way they did, they marched through Bensonhurst for over a year and a yeah. half mm -hmm. while you're grieving for your son must have, right. I don't know, somewhat unbearable. So. But but you know what happens is I think once somebody meets you face to face, your sensitivity for their pain kind of comes through. So I'm guessing, you know, like the universe works in crazy ways, but I'm guessing once she had a chance to meet me 
and 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 actually sit across from me uh the fact that i was looking at her her story and her life and her experiences with some sort of um sensitivity i guess is the word, word i could use mm-hmm. I told her that okay okay i'm gonna trust this this person here to to carry what i'm about to tell him you know and be open and honest with him and to be completely open the the i didn't have to kick open that door completely because charles darby was yusuf's childhood friend so they mm-hmm. had an initial trust for for the process already right. but especially miss hawkins and and freddie yusuf's older brother and amir uh, yusuf's younger brother and and Luther, like that, that pain is is really, really, really raw. But I think this process was cathartic for them because they got Good. to get it off their chest, you know. And mm. Luther hadn't talked about it in thirty years. I, we we mm. went back and forth about even starting the film with Luther's comments about he said and he hadn't said a word about this to anybody in thirty years, other than mm. the testimony he had to give during wow. the trial. He said not his not his kids, not his friends, like nobody. And a lot of them moved moved out of New York, you know, because it's, it's trauma that they're dealing with. But right. we didn't start the film with that. But I, that that's just to, um, to show you that yeah, that pain is still there. Yeah, yeah. I think yep. I think um, it was definitely important that uh, a man of color, a black man, came and did that mm-hmm. because for her to have to speak to anybody but probably would have been it would have been a totally different documentary. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, it, and it takes it takes that that um, the empathy that you had. For the entire situation that and it, and it showed in the documentary, you can you can feel it uh, when you watch it, you know, and that was important, man. And like I, I said earlier, I said it was very emotional. And to watch this woman, her eyes, it was it was something about her eyes when, you know, when you watch it from the, the some of the um, tape that you have from the 80s when she was, you know, on TV or whatever, you see her eyes there and you see her eyes in 2015 or 16 when you did it. It's the same eyes, you know, it, it's it, her eyes are, you know, I watched that and was like the pain that she went through. I, I mean, it, it was just a great job that the way it just came through on screen, man, you know, and um, I appreciate it, that, it was man. dope. It was definitely dope, man. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you for that. That, that you top down look, uh, I'll tell you that top down look came from two, two different directions. At, at first, I thought we were going to need recreations because, you know, there's no footage of the actual mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. crime taking place and i was wondering how we could have somebody who looked like yusuf and had his who could carry carry that uh and how we could have people how we could save money and i was and something came to me like we shoot from top down and the people don't have to look exactly like mm-hmm. who, who they represent and then we don't have to worry about things like uh blocking out a whole streets, you know, in the background because we right. top down. We just got, so it was kind of a creative way to 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 be cost effective mm. and efficient. But it also came from another direction because uh, segregation in New York is what I wanted to kind of have as a thread mm. through it. Mm-hmm. And there's a New York Times article called Mapping Segregation, right? It came out in 2015. Interactive map of New York, 2015 census data, but in 89, it was the same. Uh, it's showing where black people live, white people live, Hispanic people live, Asian people live. And it's there's lines. You know how it is in, in right. New York. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. uh, that top down uh, effect reinforced our ability to kind of, you know, the red dots and the blue dots. That was an extension of that of that map. Mm-hmm. So the lines in New York is what we wanted to reinforce. And I thought that that was helpful. Yeah. You know, what was so interesting to me. There were so many shocking things. First of all, you brought me back to a time that I wasn't even as conscious to everything that was going on. But one was th- that I was shocked about was the David Dinkins 
positioning. Two was the Patty Duke thing. Mm. And I want to, I, I really want to know when you came present to this might be a thing outside of the movie. And then, th- and then the third uh, piece of it was, it was the Patty Duke. It was that. And then, oh, just the overall racism, just the overall, the vitriol that these people had. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that in New York. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's still here, but it's hidden. I've seen that outside of New York, but that was shocking to me to see. And I'm sure people who were older remember it in a different way. But those th- three things were shocking to me. And I don't know, it, was that something that a narrative, were these narratives that you intentionally tried to bring out? When did you realize some of these things would be a thing? And, and, and how did you weave all that into the story? Well, you know, that that's what sold me uh, when I was talking to Victorious and told him I would direct it. It wasn't because I know we all need to remember who Yusuf was. Um, it's because I understood that the story had contemporary relevance if with, if the premise included racism denial. And I mean, like you were talking about earlier, uh, I think you said something about people who intellectually are dishonest. I feel like it was already in the atmosphere already. They were calling racism 2.0 is to act like racism doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a f- several years ago when that started popping. And there's been a lot of a lot of activists, intellectuals who talk about white denial. And so I was like, okay, what is similar about what happened to Yusuf to, to what's happening today? It's not just the fact that there's a racist murder. It's a lot more than that. So what are the other components? There's racism denial. So there's people out there who participated in the murder who deny that they're racist. There are people in Bensonhurst who deny that it's a racist city, uh, racist part of Brooklyn. There's New York itself denying the fact that there's a lot of uh, racism issues that need to be handled and addressed and looked at. So you have sort of a, everyone is involved in a lie, you know? Mm-hmm. and. That lie, I felt, set the stage for Yusuf's murder in this way. You have a segregated city, a de facto segregation, and you're not addressing it. Back then, you had media. The media was a bit more powerful because social media wasn't there, painting these images of the others, the people outside of your siloed community. You get an idea of who they are through the media. Mm -hmm. Just a few months before Yusuf was murdered, you had the Central Park incident, right? And the media is talking about the wilding and, and all this stuff like that. And you have uh, a mayor who doesn't aggressively address racism. So all throughout uh, Koch's three terms, he wasn't addressing it. And you have a black politician who could be mayor who is also not aggressively mm-hmm. addressing racism for reasons I, I, I feel like I can understand. But mm-hmm. it also leaves a gap where we're all participating in an intellectual lie. Right. And you also mm. have activists, right? Who Reverend, uh, Reverend Sharpton needed in some way, I feel, to repair his image because of Absolutely. what had happened with, with yes. uh, Tawana Brawley. And, and underneath it all, there's stuff that didn't make the film. There's district attorneys who were making approaches to uh, uh, prosecuting these, uh, these attackers one way because it would make them look good for this election coming up. So you have, so what I, that's what I call the storm. People see the storm as what happened, the protests and the counter protests after Yusuf was murdered. Yeah, that, that's the storm too, but the storm really existed before Yusuf was murdered. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like this whole thing before I called Victoria's back and said, I'll do it. 
is very important because that storm that existed in 89 exists now, right? And now now was 2016 when I when I call them. So all those components that you mentioned are part of it. So that's how uh, David Dinkins became uh, a necessary part of the story because in his participation, he needed to, he needed the Hawkins family to vouch for him uh, because he, you know, it would help, it would help out. Mm-hmm. But he also needed to not aggressively address racism, which also helps the storm continue. And um, yeah. I wasn't shocked to see the imagery of the Bensonhurst residents and how racist they were. I don't remember why I wasn't shocked though, because it would you know, I, that I would be, you know. I said the same thing a few weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I said I the know. same thing a few weeks ago. I was like, I, re- I remember that time and not being shocked at the attitudes of the counter protests. But yeah. I didn't have it, I didn't have that direct experience ever. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it was it seemed like, oh yeah, that's probably what they should be doing or would be doing. Um, but that it's it's very interesting that you say that. The narrative of, of this what happened was completely directed by the media. So what when what I loved about what you did with this film is like you really dove in and examined each little piece of this story, which we didn't get when you just when we, when the when the media has nothing to push back against it. Mm. No one's really taking a, a deep dive and examining all these pieces. They just sort of give you this broad brush media uh, story that is supposed to explain everyone's emotion that's out there on the street, which is which is a complete lie because everybody's motivated by different things. Everybody's out there for a different reason, but you're either pushed to this side and, or pushed to that side. And that's what we're experiencing now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the media. Yeah. The, right. And they're the way that they're doing it. It's deeper than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, Sorry we, to cut you off. You know, I was going to say that just to add to that, Rick, I think, you know, when you think about it, let's say TV has been out for, you know, we'll just say a hundred years. They've had a long time. They've had a long time to master manipulation and they've been doing it for a long fucking time. And and they're they're very good at it now because not only do they do it on regular TV, you've got social media, you've got algorithms designed just to do that. So it's just it's a it's a whole other level, man. Yeah, I could talk for days about that. I I went to engineering (laughs) school and and it's it's so crazy how. There's one of the guys left Facebook. You heard that maybe two years ago. One of the guys left Facebook because he felt guilty about how manipulative Mm -hmm. the whole social media game is. I don't think he let his sons on there either. Like Mm -hmm. they they mess with us. And especially with this election, you know, I feel like they promote. I feel like we should Mm -hmm. all vote. And I feel like they promote these messages. We agree with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they promote, I feel (laughs) these messages from other black people like, what has voting ever done for you? And I'll be like, yo, shut up, man. Like, what are you doing? You don't understand you're undermining the whole thing. But Well, I, I think we should ask that question. What has voting ever done for you? And how can you now make it work? You still have, you got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. But you can't just blindly do it. Right, right. Right? The, okay, I'm, we need we need Trump to be gone. Let's do that. I, yeah. Off the rip. Yeah. But, you better know, <laughs> but you better know who who's running for DA who's running for judges and in, in, in your, what, what's going to directly affect you and your community. You definitely need to be on top of it. And that's where you make your choices. That's where you, that's where you make the, 
the choices that are going to affect you tomorrow. Right. Like, let's understand that social, let's understand that social algorithm that can affect change within our community through voting. But but two things. Number one is that's real easy. And I agree with everything you guys are saying. But number one is if somebody is really struggling to put food on their table, it's really hard to then stop and take the time or have the bandwidth that, to go and do the research around then they, who's the, then they who's better the not right be on then they better not be on IG for. and they better not no, be on Facebook. I'm not going to say that they can't be on no. social media, but but then Everybody what happens is it, it becomes am I am I my brother's keeper then? Because if I see someone struggling, then I have to use my either voice or my platform in order to kind of effectuate change for them on their behalf. For if if they can't do it for whatever reason, I'm I'm not going to say that someone should be doing this, but if they feel the pressure of living on this planet and particularly in this American experiment, if if I can do something to help them out, then I'm going to do that either with my voice or with my action. You are now listening to Decoding 40. But I wanted to go back, if I could. Um, Mac had touched on the Patty Duke situation. I'm curious as to what you thought about the fallout from the documentary airing. And mm-hmm. did you even give any consideration as to, oh, when this should drop, he about to feel the heat? <laughs> well, we didn't know that was Patty Duke. We didn't. Mm. The, the, wow. the, the viewers put that together because he. Wow. Uh, from the research we did and all the outreach we did, people were saying no to us, or people hadn't changed their names, uh, and 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 uh, were refusing to respond to us. You know. So. Wow. Mm. I mean, looking, I, I've heard Patty do because I grew up in Westchester. I've heard Angie and I think Funk Flesh. Exactly. Like, Patty do, mm-hmm. Patty do, but mm-hmm. I didn't know who that was. So we didn't know until people started. I'm look, up looking on Twitter and I'm like, what? And then they show the picture <laughs> of Patty Duke and wow. I'm like, yeah, wow, that is that is him. So it was a surprise. Um, it was a, I mean, documentary aside, to me, it's a little disappointing that, I don't know, I don't know. I, I wish he hadn't been working there. You know, how 97 meant a lot to me in terms of hip hop. So mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of a little like. Slap in the face. Like, a little bit, you know, yeah. like all that time, and then <laughs> but, and then I don't know the truth. Like you hear, like okay, we did we did they know? Did they not know? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But it's like it still doesn't feel good, you know. I yeah. I know I know when I watched the documentary after I had heard the rumors about that, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you have the clip of him in the police station, when you hear his voice, I was like, oh yeah, that's that motherfucker because you can uh, hear his voice because I've heard his voice on the radio before. When, like you said, when he's with, with when he's with Angie, you can hear you've I've heard him speak before. And it, it was the exact same voice wow. that he had at night in the precinct. And I was like, I have yeah, no recollection him. of him during that. Oh, I, time. I've and heard I, his and voice. I said a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I thought Patty Duke was a woman. So it, I would have never right. made that. There, there is a Patty Duke who's a woman. Yeah, right. She's, yeah. I know. The actress, yeah. <laughs> okay. She's not here anymore. So, you know. But uh, no, she's coming, I, on the show next week. she's coming on the show next week. <laughs> but when I, I heard his him. voice, when I heard his voice, I was like, that's him. 
that's him. I knew it because I'd heard the voice before. And it was, mm. I I know, you know, listen, there, there's going to be fallout. And, you know, when that documentary dropped, we're talking 30 years removed. So a lot of people, you know, not going to say they did forget, they want to forget. And they want to kind of, you know, get, you know, and it's funny how they're they're given a second chance without any consideration of what they did. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was able to not only be this new person, work at a station that is and I think Rick touched on it, that fucking is responsible for um, programming to our community whether it be commercials or music and whatever. I mean, he's he's a part of that that whole essence of it. And then like you had said before, it was kind of, it hurts your feelings. Like how the fuck did this guy, you know, who did this? And, and we're not talking about he got a job 20 years later. No, this was like three or four years after the fact. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he was able to seal his, his records were sealed. Uh, I don't know if he changed his name, but he went in there, I guess, with. Well, the, the story that I, I just listened to Ebro in the morning, like I haven't really heard anything about the case since. But um, I listened to them like at the day after. Um, and their story was is that nobody knew who who he was for a while. His his record was expunged. So if you did do a background check on him, you wouldn't see it. Mm. Um, and he said that he had a conversation with Patty Duke about that time because he knew his age, he knew what would happen. And he was like, yeah, I was one of the people that got swept up in that. So he Mm. made it seem like he was just pulled up in a dragnet. Like he was not part of, you know, individuals being investigated Mm -hmm. as, as, as having something to do with the death of Yusuf Hawkins. Um, and the other part of the story was that they said that he was hired at the station before they actually became Hot 97. Mm-hmm. Before they became the hip-hop station, Yeah, they were something... I don't know what they were before that. They were a Guido station. Well, it would make sense that he was mm-hmm. part of that uh, that Guido station before it was Hot 97. <laughs> yeah, the Guido station. Hot 97 was for dudes who had IROC Zs. And 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 fucking wear wife beaters all the time. It was a, it was like one of those, um, what's that? I, I can't think of the, the genre of music, but it's like that that fast pace. I wanna be the one. To yeah, 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 yeah. That that shit. That's yeah, my no, fucking no. song. Put it, play it up, play it up. Turn it up, turn it up. Hey Joey, hey, Joey so, how's how's my wife beater look? So I, I know I know we're driving Matt crazy because we are way over time on the segment. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I that's all right. We can cut all that out. <laughs> um, I, I did want to ask you about the documentary that you did uh, with your grandmother. Um, um, okay. One, um, your grandparents, legendary Ozzie Davis and Ruby D. Hollywood royalty. Uh, yes, indeed. Wow. Um, black excellence at its best. Um, I. I saw a segment of it, which kind of blew my mind for a second. When you asked her about open marriages, I was like, yo, I could never ask my grandmother about anything <laughs> close 
remotely related to sex, genitals, anything with relationships <laughs> other than go home to your wife. That's it. Boom. Period. Uh, I, I just had a vision of her being like, okay, baby, turn the cameras off for a second. <laughs> we ain't gonna put our business out in the street like that. Um, uh, and then I was disappointed with her response because I was ready to show my wife this clip like Ruby D. And then I was like, damn, <laughs> she did not say what I thought she was going to say. Um, but yeah, if you could talk about that, just that process and what that film meant to you um, in creating it. You know, I, I wish she had said something different also. But, uh, <laughs> she, she, did, she did not recommend it. So it really, really, it's in the film. But when when my grandfather passed away, that really, you know, that hurt me a great mm. deal. And mm. I was in my mid twenties, I think, and I didn't. I, I regretted very deeply not having sat down with him and on camera or not, just talk to him about different things that I, you know, maybe wanted to know more about. But sometimes you're not at that stage where you even know what questions to ask or what's mm-hmm. what's important to ask someone who's lived a life like like he had and. Um, I didn't want to make that same mistake again. You know, uh, my, my grandmother was getting up in age and uh, I said, you know, I really would like to sit down with her and speak with her and learn from her. But the whole process of the whole documentary and the attention behind it, it grew and evolved for about a year before it, it, it solidified into what it was. And I was hoping that it would serve as sort of an intergenerational exchange of information that I would have on an intimate level, just me and my grandmother. But I was hoping that the questions I had for her would be questions that an audience member might have and her her responses might serve as some sort of, you know, helpful information, you know. And mm. so eventually, you know, we, started, we, we blocked it out into subject matters of love, art and activism and we worked that way. And. It was tough because filming the whole thing throughout it, she was, um, her health was deteriorating. So, you know, we were struggling hard to get the film done quickly enough for her to watch it. And, uh, you know, it was tough because by the time we got to the end and was doing like the audio mix, which is one of the last steps, you know, mm-hmm. I got the call from my sister to come over to the house cause you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. looking good. And so she had mm-hmm. passed away that night. Um, but I'm glad that we did it. There's a whole lot in there that I'm happy about. I, I haven't watched it in years because it's tough mm. to watch for me. But uh, yeah. people, when we screen it, they get that that desire too. Like, you know, I need to sit with my grandmother or my grandfather or my mother and father and, and talk with them. And and that's one thing my grandmother told me the film was about when I didn't even realize it. She said, you know, this is about community. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, it's about love, art, and activism and y'all. And she was like, no, nah, because you're showing a grandson asking a grandmother about her life and, and her, her wisdom. And, yeah. and when you, you, you kind of promoting family unity, strengthening the bonds. And like, when you mm-hmm. do that and you think about a neighborhood doing that, it's, it's, it's like you, you, you strengthening the community with this. And I was like, yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. So <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed doing that. It was, it was a lot of work though. That was a lot of work, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure. That was, that was important to me. That was, I'm glad we did that project. I got the poster on the wall and everything. I'm very, mm. very proud of it. Yeah, it's something I, I wish I was able to do. Uh, I, I've lost all of my my grands now. You can't take those. You can't take those moments back. Like so, now I'm interested in doing that with my parents because they've got stories that you know directly affected me and where I am in my life, um, and they're they're 
immigrants to this country and their their experience is very different than what we see in media every day like they you know and then i think that it's it's a story that that needs to be told because mm, you know that era um and and trying to navigate and make something for themselves you know mm-hmm. when when the entire world is is standing against them and telling them they can't please so, do it please do it yeah, yeah. man don't, don't don't waste exactly. time. I, I I missed the opportunity to do it, and um, I I kick myself uh, all the time. Uh, Muta, what other projects you got going on, man? What what do you want the people to know? What do you want them to watch? What's coming up? Well, okay, there's a few things, you know, but my my heart has to be in anything I do, and and I'm looking at a space now uh, where the next projects I work on have to do with criminal justice system. They have to do with um, treatment of black people in in the medical field. And and I'm really oh, and I have to do economics in the black world, too. Mm. But the one thing that I think is coming out, it will be coming out within about two weeks. There's a special Nightline uh, episode that I'm uh, directing. And it's about the disparity in terms of infant and maternal mortality rates for black people versus mm. uh, other races in the United States. So I've been immersed in that for a little bit, just for a few weeks now. But it's, it's you know, it's it's tough to 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 cover that because it's crazy the the yeah. it's a tragedy how many more black babies infants die uh, versus other infants and how many more black mothers die during the childbirth process in america it shouldn't be like that so it's, it's an exploration of that and also the ways that we need to address it so i'm hoping people get a chance to see that on on abc later this month i don't have the exact date yet though yeah, I'm really glad you're doing that work because um, I keep hearing the statistics that black women are more or two times more likely to die um, during the child uh, birthing process. But I don't know what's contributing to that exactly. And that's I want to kind of dig into what the details of that are. And, and I, I look forward to watching your piece. Yeah, thank, thank yeah, you. Man. Yeah, it's, it's even higher than that, though, too. The baby. The wow. Baby, is it? Got the, the stat you said is right. But that's, that's for the infants. The oh. mothers, it's four to nine times. Jeez, uh, as like, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and that, uh, and that, that's regardless of their economic status. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what in the piece is being, uh, we've interviewed about four people so far, and they knocked that down. When you correct for economics and when you correct for education, there's still a disparity. That, that doesn't uh, make up for the difference. And wow. when it comes to the causes, there are external causes that are explored, like the stresses of racism, but there, uh, what we're covering though is biases within the hospital system. So, mm. so that's that's what's being covered too. That seems real, like the major real, cause. Real quick, it, it, I've and I don't know if I've where I've seen this or I remember seeing or hearing this from what where was the location I heard this from, but something along the lines of doctors not believing when. Black right. women are in pain and things of that nature. So that right. attributing to like, well, I have a pain here and then being like, oh, it's nothing. And then it could be something that's really serious right. and not taking how they feel or consider consider that because, oh, you're you know, you're black. Shut up. Let's just deal with it, you know, right. and not either prescribing proper medication or even considering what they might be feeling. Yeah, that statistically has been uh, evident that doctors mm-hmm. don't believe there's a bias that doctors believe black people don't experience pain as much as mm-hmm. other races. Like our pain tolerance is different. So they'll prescribe less uh, pain medicine towards to us. And if we complain about pain, they won't necessarily believe us. Mm-hmm. When it comes to black women, they're treated as if their requests are annoying 
Uh, they're not listened to. Um, and it has led to death, you know, even this mm -hmm. year in New York, it, it will lead to them not addressing uh, surgeries that didn't go well. And a woman will be in pain and they won't check it out because they won't believe her, you know, mm -hmm. and actually being convinced to do C-sections sometimes is unnecessary, but it leads to doctors and hospitals making more money. So like that's mm -hmm. part of what we're, we're talking about, too. But um, it's a lot. And, and even when when the baby is successfully had um women sometimes in hospitals are heavily encouraged to put them on formula mm -hmm. and whereas oh, yeah. breast milk is 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 generally much more healthy for the baby uh yeah. but they kind of i wouldn't say coerce but they really push 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 through the formula and that that affects the health of the babies too so there was a stat that i wish we could fully rely on that cnn put out um about two, three weeks ago, that kind of got people kind of fired up more about how black doctors are more, your baby's more likely to survive if you have a black baby uh, mm -hmm. with a black mm -hmm. doctor than with a white doctor. I think three times was the difference. Mm -hmm. But um, but that stat through research, that, that, that study was only in one one state and there are limitations mm -hmm. to that study. But I mean, just the the idea of it and the possibility of it is really something that I think that, just not right. that story was the impetus for Bloomberg um, donating money to, I think, four black medical uh, colleges. I didn't know he did that. I got to yeah. do my research. OK. OK, cool. That's what's up. He did that recently, I guess. Then Yeah, it was recently. Yeah. OK. It was uh, Meharry Morehouse. And I can't think of the other two right now off the top of my head. OK. Thanks for saying that. I'm going I'm to I'm integrate that in if I can. Mm. Yeah. Oh, co-producing in here. Y'all know I like credits and shit. I like Hold Muta credits. Muta, be, yeah. be aware the email is coming. Uh, <laughs> like, nigga, I want credits. I'm with it. I'm with it. Shit. Now, nah, if you don't act right, I'll call his mama. I'll call his mama. I'll co-produce that. Oh, yeah, you know. co-produce that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know I work on that right you know thing, but you know you know you know you know you know i get in the industry somehow i really i really appreciate the work you're doing man you're doing a lot of big things that's some heavy lifting brother yeah man you're talking about some subjects man just don't get too deep, man. And start black helicopters start following you, brother. Just uh, you know, black <laughs> vans, black, man. black uh, vans you know is out crazy. there, bro. You know. nah, we're, we're, I, I don't want to even open that can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You talk about therapy uh, earlier today. I was I was talking about how sometimes it's heavy to be immersed in this stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's. Yeah. It gets to your spirit, mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. uh, sure. I, I need to get into more meditation. I, I definitely. Uh, my therapist was on vacation for the last month, so I started getting it. But I, I, I need it right now, though. Yeah. Well, we don't want to see you on the news, brother. We need you. We need you. We need yeah, you. Man. I appreciate it. Support, man. Man. Cool, spirits, man. We yeah. uh, transition to uh, uh, this week's libation. Maybe? This, this, right. this, has, been a heavy, this has been a heavy episode. Oh, this has been a heavy episode. So, what are we drinking? This week's libation. What are we drinking this week? I'll start. I'm drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm still boring. I'm drinking Tito's. I'm trying to wrap my Tito's up, you know, and I got to work in the morning early and I can't do the brown liquor. And right I'm doing some Tito's. That's about it. I, I really want y'all to stop perpetuating this myth of brown liquor and uh, light liquor. 
that's racist. Brown liquor is brown. No, why? Why can't we say brown liquor? It's heavy. It's it's heavier. Most brown liquor is heavier. Nah, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> that is so. But but racist. Vodka, <laughs> vodka versus bourbon, maybe. Have you hold up? You, you that's not true because you ask some Russians. They drink that vodka shit. They get violent as shit. I, <laughs> yeah, I got drink bottles. Drink whiskey all day. You give me two uh, glasses of gin, I'm done for the night. Oh, gin, gin is different. Yeah, Alaric, gin is very I, hate, different. I hate gin because of Alaric. <laughs> I, I love I love gin, but it doesn't really mess. It makes me think I'm not drunk for some reason. I really? Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. That's usually why. the problem. Yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Oh, I need another one. Right. Give me my motherfucking car keys. You tell me. I just had about five drinks of gin. Telling me I can't drive my car. Fuck out my face. <laughs> Stupid motherfucker. Give me my keys. <laughs> I don't care if you are police. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. What the fuck are them lights bothering me for? Turn them lights off, god damn it. You see me Can't driving. Just see I'm trying to I'm trying to use my phone while I'm driving. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I am man. I'm drinking uh show's the show's favorite, Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden. Basil. Basil Hayden. Yeah. I, I found my new uh bur- bourbon spot. I found my spot now. It's Good. over near the BJ's that I go to, and they've got a great selection. It's wow. huge. But I got this one. It's called Bib and Tucker. Small batch bourbon. It's actually really good. Bib and uh, Tucker. Is that Bib and bottle Tucker. that dark or is that the actual? No, the, the bottle's that dark. Oh. But but it does have a pretty dark tint to it. Hmm. It's it's kind of reddish. I think it's finished in uh, port barrels. Allery, sir, you are the you are the Indiana Jones of bourbon on this podcast. You yeah, I just want to try some new shit. I like, it. I like I like as I was traveling through the mountains of North Carolina, there was a small distillery there that I found. Nah, you ain't gonna <laughs> see me in the mountains of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Squeal like a pig, boy. <laughs> just, just break. As long, as long as Muta comes with a camera, you'll be fine. It's all right. If I'm with a crew, if I'm with a crew, I'm with yeah, a crew. I'll, I'll, I'll go. go. I'll go. Kill these people here. Yeah. Get them out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping it light. I'm drinking Coors Light. Whatever. It's not a pina colada, but I'm listen. I'm I'm drinking Coors Light here, and I'm feeling very great. You know, there's no problems. After this, I'll go to a baseball game and maybe have sex with my wife, Karen. <laughs> that's a, that's, we'll that's have course. I'm sending you some umbrellas. I'm gonna send you some uh, umbrellas to put in your drinks. Send some umbrellas, Sarah. All right, cool. So, uh, Muta, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you being Thanks on the show and me. hanging out with us and 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 then dealing with our shenanigans. We really appreciate it and, and sharing your stories, man. It's you're doing important work, and and we want the people to yeah. know for all posterity and and keep doing what you're doing. However, we can support you. We will uh, 150. percent So, anytime you want to come back, just let us know. Thank you so yeah, much. Most definitely, great. man. My brother, thank you. You yeah, are officially you so a friend much. of the show. You can come back Absolutely. and drop whatever you want to uh, talk mm-hmm. about. Thank and you. when this whole and when this whole COVID thing ends, uh, you know, it gets under control, we definitely would love to sit down and have a drink and and and, and talk some stuff, man. Because then, sure. that's what we all. I think we all miss that as because all of us here on the show are friends, right? So the the inception of the, the the this show coming together started with being at a bar having drinks, and you miss that camaraderie and friendship, man. So 
would love to have you out one night and have some drinks and, you know, keep doing the work you're doing. It's it's some wonderful stuff, man. Yeah, I'm down, you down know, for drinks. No Summer dying. 2022. Yes. he's like he's like i don't give a fuck what that shit because i'm gonna have me some gin and fuck that (laughs) all we need is a bottle of gin (laughs) in a backyard i wear a mask and sip through the mask shit (laughs) (laughs) fucking decode for it so 19 families 19 black families bought 97 acres of land in Georgia to create their own black city so it would be safe for black people. Is this what we is I I I think this is fantastic. Is is this what we should be doing? Is this where it's going and and is this is why is this why white people are scared? So like like what do you, what do you guys think, man? How you feel about this? Allery cannot wait to crack his mic on this one. <laughs> he was literally wiping his lips like he's drooling to get on the mic. Go ahead. Um I I think this is this is in the step of the direction of what um, what the nation has talked about, what Garvey has talked about, um, creating your own community and designed under your own rules. You know, it's not someone designing a ghetto and pushing you into it and designing projects and deciding that's the only place where you can live and any property that's that's worth something is outside of your community. You design it, you build it. I love the idea. I love it. I think. I think um, more power to them. Like, what what state is it in? in Georgia. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, and actually, in Georgia. Vin was actually pretty close. It is, I think, in Toomsboro. Toomsboro. Georgia. That's what it was. Uh, it was. He wasn't making it up. He wasn't. Making I, I, it up. I know. I know there was a T. <laughs> and a couple of O's and some vowels, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it was in Tillsboro, Georgia. Here we have things. Some vowels and some consonants. It, was, it, was, it, was, it might have been, I don't know what's happening, but it was, yeah. I did. I de- definitely read a couple of articles on it. You know, I was talking with the wife about it, and we were just like, this dope. And I just liked a lot of the mission statements coming from the two uh, young ladies who, who created this, who created, who took the, who created this opportunity to buy the land. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I like what they're doing and their, what their planning is. Their first phase is agricultural. Um, They're talking about building some homes and, and, and creating some businesses. And I think it's, and, and they were talking about generational wealth, all the things that, you know, we always talk about that they've put into, into play. And it's and it's it took it's two black women, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who and and one of the one of the women I w- I can't remember which one was it. I'm, I think her name was Stacy, if I can remember correctly. But she had spoken about the she got the idea after watching George Floyd and 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 um and Aubrey and all these deaths that happen at the hands of white folks, whether it's racism or police, and having a fear for her own husband and her own son. Mm-hmm. And feeling like, you know, I'm she says she had reached a fucking, you know, boiling point. Like, I can't do this anymore with these people. Like, what the fuck? And that's when she w- wanted to buy Tombsboro. But the only thing that was being sold in that town was the, the properties that gentlemen owned, like 30 properties. So they couldn't buy that. They didn't they couldn't buy the town, just the properties. So she and her uh, real estate friend went entrepreneur friend went and bought did the next best thing and bought those 97 acres. And I really don't I, I guess people can understand how big 97 acres is. You know, that's it's a big space. Oh, it's massive. It's, it's massive. massive. 
You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm really hoping that people get behind this. Famous people get behind this as far as financially. Uh, like, um, you know, Akon is building a city that he wants to model after Wakanda in, was it Senegal, correct? Is it Senegal or? What, That's what where he's in, from, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, in Senegal. Okay, so it, he's trying to build a city in Senegal uh, based on the Wakanda, um, you know, vision. And so, you know, you, you, you're starting to see more of that, which is great. It's important. And who wouldn't want to fucking, if you're retiring or want to go somewhere where you feel safe? Because right now, you know, you can catch it anywhere. I just hope that they really push forward and at the very least create, even if they don't, if the land doesn't become, you know, a quote unquote Black Wall Street, it would be great for them to um, at least farm and create uh, an opportunity for uh, uh, g- Black groceries in Georgia to open up yeah. and have that pipeline of, you know, fruits, vegetables and, and you know, livestock. That would be dope. You know, so then we know where our, our fucking groceries and, and where our food is coming from. And it's not Monsanto, you know, so right. I really hope I, that I, it does come to fruition. I think it's it, it, the only thing that I'm sort of apprehensive about, um, not not in terms of why they're doing it, but in a state like Georgia, when they, when they see black folks standing up and doing their own, somebody's going to try to disrupt it because mm. they don't like to see that. But I think, I think like, it should I be think done. that goes back that's to what when we talked done. about Wimbush. We got to figure out a way to protect it as well. Yeah. So you, you can you can create this infrastructure, you can create these businesses, you can create these communities, but you got to figure out a way to protect it. Not only physically protect it, but also in terms of financially protecting yeah. uh, the interests of everyone who's who's willing to invest their time, efforts, and money into a project like this. Yeah. Well, that, that, I, that's more along the lines that I was thinking. Like. Yeah. The financial protection, mm-hmm. because look, look, look at what look at what the West has done to Haiti. Mm. Right. All Haiti wanted to do was to be free. Right. And they said, OK, you want to be free? We're going to make sure you're the poorest country mm-hmm. in this hemisphere and you're not going to be able to do anything. And any progress you do make, we're going to chop it down. Well, well what, I believe- what they didn't. I'm sorry, Mac. What they did in Haiti is the same thing they did after fucking, you know, they paid Southern states back for literally, quote unquote, losing their property. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, it's the same thing they did in fucking Haiti. Oh, you're free, but you have to pay us for your freedom. And not only that, we're going to stack the deck and we're going to charge interest. And I mean, they didn't finish paying that debt till they said to the 50s and 60s. And they should be giving that fucking money back, man. It's it's uh, what what I what I liked about this is. Um, this plays into the five-story building um, written by Powernomics author Claude Anderson. And and I think they're doing it right. And the five pillars, uh, sorry, the five stories are, and in this order, economics, you need an economic base. So they're buying the land, they're owning the land, they're controlling the environment. Second is political power, but you can't have political power without economics and you have to buy your politicians and pay for your politicians. Third is your justice system and your ability to protect both your political and your economic power. Fourth is your own media outlet. So you can communicate to the people that have created the justice system, the political system and the economics. And the fifth pillar at, after all of that is done, then is education. And what Claude Anderson was saying is a lot of times we focus on the education piece and we don't focus on the other stories of the buildings. And what I love about this is I feel like they're laying a great foundation and I love his model. I love his model. 
Well, would any of you guys move down there? I would. I would. I would not be. I would. I would. It did. It depends. Well, it also, you know, listen, there's other factors involved. It it also depends on where they are and what what their mission is, because, you know, they've they've done the first step. They've bought the land. They're definitely going to like Rick said, they're going to go up against a lot of bullshit. They were talking about after um, 1865, right? Slavery's over and they were supposed to get the 40 acres of the mule and they were going to do that. Then Lincoln gets shot and that gets reversed. So they said a lot of African-Americans said, okay, fuck it. We're going to go buy our own land. And at that, at the turn of the century, African-Americans owned, owned something like, I forgot the exact number. There was a lot of acreage, but then there was some law, some loophole where if the person who sold the land had passed away, it gave rights to their, their children and, it, and they basically, for whatever reason, was able to take this land back from African-Americans. So, you know, and there these are laws that have been on the books since the beginning of time. And um, I'm, what I'll do is put that article in, in, the, in the chat so you guys can see it. But it's just there's so many fucking loopholes in this country when it comes to us owning shit. It's bananas. And they, they'll go back to like 1500 laws to just just to fuck with us. The good thing is that I'm hoping whatever this this purchase was, they've done all the research and there's no chance of anybody coming along and saying, oh, well, my great great grandfather owned this land and it belongs to me. And it's, it's just a lot of. Well, I don't I don't, think, I don't I don't think they need to worry about that, because when you have the ability to constantly change the rules and move the goalposts, there's no way you can account for the myriad of ways that they can try to exactly. affect this. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I was about to say, I don't think it's going to come in that form. I think it's going to come in the form of the, the, they're still in the state of, they're still in the state of Georgia, right? Even if they, if, if they make their own, they incorporate their own city, they incorporate their own town, they're still in the state of Georgia. And that's probably where it's going to come from. Well, I, I, I just hope that, um, with this town, they start to, after they set up a base, they start to, for lack of a better word, breed politicians and breed uh, all these people who need to change legislation in Georgia and start to create opportunities. Um, like I, The first thing I thought about was... But they're one 97-acre town. Well, and, I understand that, but it, it only yeah. takes one person. You know, if you get the right person in politics to, ch- to start to change things, and it, it's just... I, I know it's just one town, but it's just the visual of it. It's 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 what people see and perceive, and how it changes the perception of their of, of mm-hmm. their mentality going forward. Like, well, if they could do it, why can't we do it? Right. And uh, you know that's important. The visual is what's what's more important because think about it. Just they haven't done shit yet, but bought the land. But how inspiring is that? Yeah. To anybody, yeah. you know what I mean. Listen, so I, I would love to see black towns all over the place. Right. Hell yes. Here's the here's it's the power true. of symbolism. We always talk about oh, this is symbolic and it doesn't mean anything. But there's power in being able to see yourself in a space that you may have not seen yourself or you've only heard about or read about in in history. And I think this is going to go a long way, even if the caucasity of white people somehow undermines this 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 project it has already sparked the imagination of so many people mm. what we always talk about in terms of tulsa yep. and we talk about the the embers that have been left uh, of those towns but now we see it in real life happening in the midst of all this bullshit 
it's one of those things. Now you can't turn your mind off from it. You can't unsee this. Right. I would like to see a connection between this town and Africa and what 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 uh, Akon is doing and, and them trying to do something, whether they grow a particular product, whatever it is, something that then that for them to have a connection with with free African nations would be very, very important. And and basically, that's what a lot of the civil rights. Well, not a lot. I would say Malcolm in particular wanted to do during the 60s as far as bringing, you know, uh, creating creating a relationship between Africa and American African-Americans. And this is the first step, because now we're coming to the table, even though it's a small town, it's something. We're not just coming to Africa, help us out. No, this is what we have here. And we would like to do this. What can we do to help each other? And I, I think, you know, when you come to the table with equal money and equal footing, it means a lot, man. I, I just I, I hope the, for the best. And we have to keep light on this because mm-hmm. every any little slight that comes from from the from Caucasians in Georgia, we have you have to blow that shit up. I think it's amazing what they did. I just don't think that it's, it's it's sad that this is a story. It's just a real estate development at this particular stage. I understand the, the need to be safe. And I think that's a, that's a spin on it. But if white people went and bought a hundred acres, it wouldn't make national news. If they said it was a white town, they would. But well, they don't, they won't call it that. They'll just call it gated. They'll call it Levittown. Right. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 I've, I've seen the story where they're, they're called Battery Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll call it Sobro. How about that? <laughs> exactly, Sobro. Stuyvesant Heights. You mean Bed Stuy? No, Stuyvesant Stuy- Heights. Stuyvesant Heights. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, wh- whether it's a real estate deal or not, it's still, you know, you like you said, Mac. It's inspiring, man. It, it's it 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 says okay. Because there's a there's a kid right now who just saw that shit is going wow they building a town for us or, or there's a kid right now in a, at at A and T North Carolina A and T who's studying studying agriculture and saying well I know where the fuck I'm gonna go when I'm done right mm-hmm. because that's what they need they need A and T students um, to come down there they need Morehouse students uh, Morehouse lawyer students to come down there and help they, all the all these black colleges who who create brilliant students. You know, this is this is this is a this the pipeline. Where else can you go where you know you're going to be make a difference as an HBCU student? You're going to a town called Freedom, and they're trying to start something. So, I, if people stay positive and you know don't lose sight of what's happening, it could be it could be a monster, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it could be a I, monster. I hope this catches fire and we mm-hmm. start seeing uh, uh, communities like this pop up mm-hmm. in Utah in uh, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. in New Mexico mm-hmm. or well, not New Mexico's but just in the, in Dakotas. the West yes, the Dakotas. The Dakotas. I, I don't know if black people moving to Dakota but they might follow um, they might follow Kanye to Wyoming who knows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll follow Kanye anywhere alright no, no, that guy Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. 
Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Code and Forty, <laughs> goddammit. No. So uh anybody see the Patty LaBelle, Gladys Knight situation on versus one of the best, I think. One of the for me, one of the most inspirational versus battles yet. Yeah, I loved it. I needed it. I thought it was amazing. I just wanted to hug both of them. I thought like, yes. you know, you're watching your two aunties yes. on stage with, with like interesting stories who could sing their fucking asses off. Yeah. Damn, so I, I didn't see it. I wish I would have watched it because the stories are, you know, I'm pretty sure were good. I, it, just, fan- it felt good, yo. It felt go ahead, good. Go yo, all right. So here's my only thing. And I tweeted all this out. So it's, you know, mm. I don't care. I don't care. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Yo, so, so I love them both dearly. Aunties, I love them both dearly. Why didn't why was Patty stressing? Of, why didn't Patty know her lyrics? Why was Gladys killing it, sitting down and singing the whole song? And Patty was doing clips. Pat, there was a point Patty put the mic down and just let the records play. I ain't mad at it. That's a. I, and by the way, by the way, I'm not taking shots at Patty. Her you team, are taking shots. Yeah, at you, Patty. you literally no, are taking, are taking shots several no, no, shots. No, no, at Patty. no, 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 no. Yo, but, and by the way, everybody, by the way. Please send your email. speak for the, the rest. And by the way, and by the way, don't email directly to Mac. Patty Mac? and Patty. Yeah, don't say my fucking email. And Patty is. <laughs> <laughs> Mac's email is Mac B at G. Patty, he know, he know he done wrong. He know he yeah, exactly. Wrong. No, 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 no. See, y- y'all if, let me get if you if, if you weren't talking grimy, you wouldn't mind your email being. Uh, no, 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 no. Y'all not let me finish. Y'all let me not let me finish. All right, I'm gonna say it at the Patty, end. Patty, it was her team. Okay. First of all, it's her team. It's not Patty. One, two is them fucking pies is uh, unbelievable. I've had True. them. They're bananas. I blame her team. I don't blame her. And what why didn't Dion Warwick? I blame her team for not having the lyrics up on the on the board. Like that, like she was like, Where's Patty my LaBelle. lyrics? And I was like, Patty LaBelle's gotta be well, how old is Patty LaBelle? But, but yeah, she's right. up there. They're both up there. But Gladys is 77 and she knew all her hits. Because Gladys is still performing. Gladys, Gladys, hold up, hold up. Gladys was shutting them down. Secondly, Patty actually played more songs than Gladys. I guarantee Gladys was killing. You don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that you wrote 30 years ago. I don't you, remember what I wrote 30 minutes ago. That's actually you're not supposed true, to remember okay. every lyric that she wrote 30 spit, spit years hot ago. That you wrote at 16. Well, he didn't have any hot 16s back then. Oh, but okay. spit any other for the city with Metropolitan and Chicky. Some of my initials on the back of my 50s, tolerating you sissies who stare at me like some naked top of the world. My compitory with me. The verses from 1998. I remember right. my, my spit rhymes. Spit another one. This ain't uh, exactly. MCs on this block and loan. I dismember turntables from wax from chromosomes. IQ, the indigenous rap, ridiculous. Can't flex chromosome cleaning grounds is rigorous, meticulous. Like my dimes beat nails in here. I want to slow it down so you get it. I serve you brothers like G, Benson, or Belvedere. Y'all cats are so atrocious, cause severe neurosis. Sit down your posters, collect reward for exposures. The superficial throwing me palms is artificial. I start the issue if you wish to, exchange your missiles. Deny my enemy his middle existence. I know you're listening, so I can whistle from the prison to the sewer system. Come on, B. I, yo, I used to have that hop. I used to, I would. Now, now do eight, 18 more. Right, do two hours. <laughs> I could do it. Do, do eighteen I, more. I, I proved my point already. <laughs> no, you I've didn't. 
it's a team's fault. And why didn't Dion know there wasn't going to be no motherfucking? Why didn't psychically Dion know there wasn't going to be shit on the teleprompter? Let, let me ask you. I'm gonna. I'm you, gonna tell. No, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm gonna tell you what happened. You just explained why Patty didn't remember her lyrics. You said Dion know, Warwick was there. Now, Dion, everybody knows Dion Warwick like to smoke weed. So what happened was they smoked some sticky icky, and Patty was like, "Damn, girl." This gonna make me forget everything. <laughs> uh, yo, this is that gas, Patty. This is that gas, Patty. <laughs> yo, I, I wouldn't doubt know. that. Don't doubt uh, it. Yeah, all. she's like, oh, I see. I smoked this for my cataracts, girl. You had cataracts for the last thirty-five years. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cataracts you, you cataracts got? Since she was nineteen. <laughs> oh my god, yo, that's no, what that, happened. They smoked that gas, no. and she fucking forgot. I, I, that that versus was everything. I it literally lifted my spirits because I was in a it, funk. It did too. And, it did. Um, it it was everything I needed. Nah, it's all it's all jokes. I th- I think Patty did an amazing job. I think I think Gladys gave me life, and and I, I love them both. And I think it was an amazing show. And you know, listen, I I, I want to shout out to um to Swiss and and his whole team and everybody involved in versus because Swiss and Timberland, man, they they yeah, Swiss and Timberland, amazing guys, idea. You guys are bringing life to life to a dark time, and 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 it it is really it really impacts me and and everybody that I know who's touched by it in a very special way. And 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 this this is a moment that I'll remember. I felt like that. I felt like they were in my living room. It was amazing. It was so it's 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 all jokes. I'm ribbing them, but it was amazing. It, we, know, get, we get I, to I honor them the, now. We get to height. honor them now. At the height, they had like five hundred and sixty-seven thousand people mm-hmm. watching them, right? And the first thing I did when it was over is I went to Spotify and I went to search Gladys Knight. Mm-hmm. And while I'm just doing the dishes, about to go to bed, I'm just streaming Gladys Knight, right? And I'm hoping that out of that five hundred thousand people that were watching this, is I'm sure I'm not the only one that was oh, doing no. that. I woke I, up this morning. And then Patty I was this morning and, and I Patty was today. That. I was streaming Patty. Yeah. I woke up this morning and I I found a versus playlist and I was just rolling through it. Mm-hmm. Rolling through it. 100 percent Cool. Uh what did we learn today besides that we have more uh uh, uh tolerance and longevity than we thought we had? I, I learned that Mac is ageist and he hates Patty LaBelle. <laughs> <laughs> if it Go wasn't Patty for those Hold on. If it wasn't for those pies, I would not fuck with her son. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's what he said. I'm glad he's not her caretaker. Patty, <laughs> Patty, Patty, I love you, girl. Don't listen to them ever, 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 ever. I learned that I have uh, credit on the next uh, Muda Ali Muhammad uh, project. That's amazing. That's amazing. Me, <laughs> Me by myself. Um, I, I can't think what I learned today. I learned that everybody deserves a third chance when they have a dog. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> I learned what I already knew. Vinny's full of shit with the dogs. He's full of shit. Oh <laughs> man, you gonna make me feel the dogs. The dog owners gonna come after me. Who is this person who's just giving dogs away? I want to speak to him. He's like the person that buys their kid a, a a bunny rabbit at Easter, and then I eat it, and then curries the shit. <laughs> what, what I mean, that's a good bunny rabbit there. We're gonna carry that fucking rabbit boy. That, that, that rabbit scone tastes good boy. I tell you, I cook that rabbit. <laughs> Yo, oh, 
shit. Vinny will be performing live at the Amy Cooper Comedy Show next week. Oh, <laughs> shit. Go check him out and um, <laughs> make, sure, make, 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 sure you, make sure you support Amy Cooper Comedy. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Starring uh, Vincent Perez as the headliner. All right, and I'll be I'll be doing all my hits, stuttering uh, Joe and everything else. <laughs> stuttering <laughs> Joe, the Mike Vick, Amy Cooper, <laughs> all star, <laughs> all star weekend. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Man. <laughs> featuring featuring Cat Williams, featuring Cat oh, Williams. Shit. Fuck your couch! Fuck your couch! <laughs> oh man um, I also learned that we've got an amazing platform and we hope that you guys enjoy it out there man and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it we're gonna take this to the next level and I'm excited about where we're at and where we're going and that's it man that's it that's all I got no doubt no doubt that was beautiful sir I'm, there's a tear yeah. running down my face right now slowly is, is that what that was oh good I yes. thought it was the Rona yes. I was scared like I was nervous Rona <laughs> <laughs> Hold up! I got them Rona tears, nigga. You ain't hear about that? Oh shit! Now everybody be safe out here, man. Seriously, all jokes aside, man. Thing, any last words, fellas? Doctor Rowe, thinking about you. Get better. Start, start re- researching uh, who you're gonna vote for right now. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. We love you guys. Peace. Peace. Decoding 40.